Welcome to Beyond the Block. I am your host, Abby Abtrax Harris, with my co-host, Yuri. We do this thing called Beyond the Block, where we talk about everything beyond the blockchain. Yes, we bring the tech of who's who, what's what in this space. We have great interviews. Make sure you tune in to Beyond the Block. I am your host, Abby Abtrax Harris, and they go my co-host, Yuri. First thing is, uh, welcome. I know you as Lou, but uh, please introduce the world to who you are. Sure. I am uh, Lou Kerner. I have been crypto 24-7 since June 29th, 2017, when I saw the crypto light. Uh, what I saw was for the first time in history, we had a tool set to solve for the community instead of the man in the middle. And I thought that was going to be the biggest thing to happen in human history. And uh, I thought, you know, and I've been thinking so a little more so every day since. And uh, I'm most known uh, in the industry for starting something called uh, Crypto Mondays. You know, again, you know, I, I believe this is all about community. Um, and so I started Crypto Monday as a community just to get together with other people in crypto who are as passionate as, uh, uh, you know, as I was just to yap about crypto. And we started it in New York on January 2018. And now there are more than, uh, or now we just uh, have 50 active chapters around the world. So, quick question: uh, What made you see the light to say, "Oh, uh, this is something that I want to get into"? So, you know, I had been down the rabbit hole uh, in 2013, 2014, deep enough that the Wall Street Journal had written a story on Bitcoin, quoting me in the story as Wall Street's Bitcoin expert. So, you know, I went down the rabbit hole. I looked at it and looked at it for you know uh, about a year, but the whole time the price was going down, and I think it's a lot harder to see. <laughs> When the price is going down, there's less motivation. In on June 29th, 2017, when um, uh, you know the the crypto bull market was uh, you know, really starting to kick into gear, uh, I held a conference call on ICOs because I didn't really understand exactly what was going on with ICOs. So I got four of the world's experts on a call, and on the call, somebody said something. Olaf Carlson, we a uh, uh, a VC, like I think at the time, you know, he was uh, 19 years old, and uh, he said something, and I, I had what I now know is called a gestalt shift, which is one moment you think the world is one thing, and you get a new piece of information, and the world is something completely different. And again, what I saw was a, a world where community now had this tool set to solve for itself, and I thought that uh, that was going to be the biggest thing to happen ever, and I wanted to spend, you know, 100% of my time. Uh, uh, figuring in, figuring that out. I know you got a question, Yuri, about ICOs. <laughs> um, definitely. I, I, I think this kind of even segues into um, two parts of this is um, how did you select those four people? Um, and then did this lead you to discussions or assessing governance and consensus? Sure. So, um, you know, the four people were four of the biggest names I could find. You know, one of the speakers was uh, Ayal Herzog from Bancor. They had just had the biggest ICO in history, 150 million ICO. One of the speakers was Kathleen Brightman from Tezos. The following week, they had uh, $175 million, I think, a round figure ICO. Um, so, you know, it's really four, uh, you know, four of the real thought leaders. And um, 
when I saw the crypto light, I, I didn't know exactly what it was though. And so I was, I was actually in a manic state for three months until I was able to publish my construct on what I thought this was. And I published it on Medium in October of 2017 called Seven Thoughts on Crypto After Three Months Down the Rabbit Hole. And uh, it was became the most read thing I'd ever read in 24 hours. It was the most read thing tagged crypto for three days after which According to Medium, I was the third most influential crypto blogger in the world, <laughs> which I say did two things for me. One, it made me a guy in crypto. And two, it proved the first of my seven thoughts on crypto after three months down the rabbit hole, which was nobody knows anything, that this is a whole brand new thing. Um, and, you know, I also wrote about that, you know, the, the two challenges uh, which we have to solve for um, in order for this really to be something is governance and consensus and token economics. And so I've spent a lot of time in the last five and a half years on, on both of those. So, so I, go ahead, Gary. What do, you, what do you feel is the, especially in the current climate, what do you feel is the toughest part about that? And what do you think is the most alluring part that um, has people gravitating towards it till they realize what the hardships are? Um, you know, the, the, the most alluring thing obviously is the decentralization is the fact that you can get involved with something that you can actually, you know, own it, you know, get fairly compensated for the time that you put in and the value that you're able to create that, you know, if, if the community actually decides to go in a direction that you don't like, you can take all the work that, you know, that's been done by the community up to that point and fork it. Right. And, and maybe you're right. And so, you know, those were things that, you know, that, 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 you know, I found, you know, super attractive. And the hardest thing is, is simply, you know, the tool sets aren't robust enough to really enable anything decentralized of any complexity. You know, most things have to evolve uh, to continue to be things right? Because the world improves, right? Everything improves, everything gets better and better. And if you're not getting better and better, um, you know, something else, you know, your competition is, you know, Bitcoin, weirdly, you know, part of the value in Bitcoin is that it doesn't get better, that it doesn't change, yeah. um, you know, and it, it's competing against gold, which hasn't changed in 5,000 years. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, I would say the biggest disappointment in the five and a half years, I've been 24 seven crypto is on the limited progress that we've made on governance and consensus. I think that, you know, I, I also have a governance and consensus meetup. It, it doesn't meet regularly. It meets when there's somebody, I think who's got something cogent to say. Um, and, you know, for me, the biggest innovation in governance and consensus in crypto uh, is the Moloch DAO and Amin Soleimani who started it uh, you know, I think he had the breakthrough insight that, you know, he used the analogy of building man. It's like, you know, they're trying to build this really complex thing. And, you know, and he said, that, you know, everybody who was building the tool sets like, you know, Aragon or Dow stack, like, okay, they were, you know, building in one arm and then another arm and then a couple legs. And, you know, he said, that's not how you build man. He said the way to build man is you start with a single celled amoeba. 
then you get a two-celled amoeba, then you get a four-celled amoeba. And that's where Moloch Dao is now. It's now a four-celled amoeba. It's, it's Moloch V3. Um, but, you know, it's still just a four-celled amoeba. It still can only handle incredibly simplistic things. Do you, do you think crypto is in the amoeba phase still? Um, or if it was yes. further along, do you think it, it exists uh, near some of the other experiences that you've seemed to tap into earlier in um, previous stages? Like I, the one that I'm kind of curious about as well um, is you seem to stumble into other things such as YouTube, and that is another community <laughs> within itself. Um, what, what similarities do you see in terms of infancy? Um, like, are, are there parts of it where humans are naturally drawn to these forms of expression or these tools? Um, how, how do you feel there's similarities in terms of the aha moment when you spot these things? Sure. So, yeah, I guess I, I don't see myself as a futurist. I'm not a technologist. I'm more of an analyst. So yeah, if I think, yeah, one of my superpowers is I think I'm able to take something, you know, that's scaling rapidly and extrapolate out and go, oh my God and have confidence in that. So like, you know, I'm you know, probably most known, m most well-known for a report that I wrote in March of 2010. I'd been a Wall Street analyst for the first third of my career. And the uh, second company I ran was called Bolt. It was the largest social network in the world before MySpace. And, uh, you know, I'd been the first person to call Zuckerberg and offered to buy Facebook about a month after he launched. And, um, you know, and in October of 09, somebody reached out and offered to sell me some shares in Facebook. And the secondary transaction was actually actively traded at 16 billion. So 16 billion, right? I wasn't the first guy to say, hey, Facebook is a thing that was already actively traded at 16. But if you extended out their growth of internet time, just extended it out, um, you know, uh, I actually believe that the time that it was worth $50 billion. <laughs> And I'd never seen anything mispriced like that before. And so I wrote a Wall Street style research report just to scream from the mountaintop because I had to. Hey world, Facebook. And um, that's actually how I became a VC. Somebody read it a little more than a year later, you know, and said, hey, you seem to have your finger on the pulse. Can I raise you a fund? And, you know, since I left Wall Street 25 years ago, um, uh, I've only put out two price targets. One was on Facebook in March of 2010 and the other was on Bitcoin in uh, January of 2021. And I put a million dollar price target on Bitcoin in uh, 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 2031. So it's a 10 year price target. I get there on math. And again, I'm just extrapolating out. And, you know, and nothing's constant but change. And so I, you know, at a very macro level, I like to spend my time going around looking at trying to look at everything that's happening to see is there anything going on that changes my view of you know of you know of crypto the biggest change in the in the five and a half years is that you know i actually saw something even bigger than crypto about a year and a half ago and that was the metaverse and i think the metaverse is really the big thing that's going on and i think we're in a fight for the soul of the metaverse between what I call FAMGA, Facebook, Apple, Microsoft, Google, and Amazon, and the community. And it feels epically like Star Wars, and they're the Death Star, and you know, we're the Alliance. <laughs> do, do you think there's going to be something in between the goggles and cell phones? I mean, I, I've heard and I've felt this oh, yeah. no, it's a, it's a It's a spectrum. Sure, it's a spectrum. And 
you know, uh, augmented reality is coming, right? I think, you know, we're going to, you know, uh, yeah, I think on one edge, right, if it's a spectrum, right, on one edge, you have reality on the next, on the other edge, you've got, you know, the VR, you know, complete immersion, and then you have everything in the middle. And I think that's, you know, you know, I believe humanity as a whole is going to be, you know, every day for the rest of my life, certainly humanity as a whole is going to be spending more time in the metaverse as I just defined it. And that time is going to be getting closer, you know, on the spectrum to the, you know, complete immersion. Definitely. And in, in that world, right? The, the, and if you think, you know, in the, you know, the, the, the traditional world, um, I think crypto, you know, my assumption is crypto is going to be adopted like e-commerce has been adopted in retail, right? It's going to be tiny and it's going to grow, you know, for you know the next 30 years. And, you know, we're, we're 30 years into e-commerce now. And, you know, it's 20% of, of, of retail sales in the U.S. after 30 years. So, you know, I assume that crypto is going to go on a similar trajectory in the real world, but in the metaverse going to have a much higher market share from the very beginning I, and, I think and it's, that world gets more time yeah you know, i think the metaverse could be where crypto is most um you know is most used for a long time it's a very inter interesting intersection that we're dealing with right now between um as you've been quoted as well saying uh fighting for the solar spirit of the metaverse and what that'll <laughs> look like with ar getting blended in um, and I think there's a, a new thing, and I know it's Ab's favorite topic as of recently, of um, AI coming across lately. Um, do you think all of these tools will begin uh, shifting the way we interact, create, and um, build businesses? I saw something pretty interesting earlier today, actually, Ab and I were discussing, of um, the individual who created the refrigerator was not able to reap the benefits of Coca-Cola or the building of hopefully the one day we all get to see the smart fridge. Um, <laughs> but they very much set the foundational layer for this um, and kind of allowed for other businesses to be built upon it like Coca-Cola. Um, do you think we're in that stage for AI? Um, or do you think some of these companies that are already trying to dive in um, are going to um, position themselves in ways we've never seen before? You're saying with regards to AI specifically? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's obvious that, right, AI is going to be a massively impactful technology. It will impact every industry um, in ways that I think are, are unfathomable. But it's my view that AI is like electricity. Right. The first guy that got electricity. Oh, my God. He had a massive advantage over everybody else who didn't have electricity. But pretty soon everybody was plugging in and very, 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 very few businesses today have an electricity advantage. Right. It's what you do with the electricity. Right. So I think AI people is just going to be something like right. Everybody. Right. Plugs into chat GPT. Yeah. Right. So people don't have an AI advantage. It's what they do with the, it's, it's a, the data that you put in to the AI, right? The, the battle for the soul of the metaverse, the tool set, the, I'm sorry, the ammunition is data. That's the ammunition. And so the question is, how do we as an industry share our data, right? In a way that we're able to compete with FAMGA that has, you know, 
almost infinite amount of data, right? They have so much data. It so dwarfs the data of any other companies outside of Famca. That's you know the massive competitive advantage that that they have. It's so it's so funny because um, at the end of the day, data is king. At the end of the day, data and content is king. But what I'm realizing as far as dealing with AI, it it um it skips a line with a with a lot of things, um, and I'm seeing a lot of companies being built on AI. Um, so being an analyst and seeing the trajectory of where it's going, do you see um, the shift within the crypto space to AI? You say the shift. I mean, again, it's it's every crypto company is going to plug into AI, take their data, put it into AI, have improved efficiencies because of AI. And so the question is, you know, what data you know, what's the proprietary data that they're putting into the AI? And what questions are they asking the AI to do, right? That's, I think, what's going to separate the winners and the losers. But again, it's going to be like electricity, right? 100% of every company uses electricity, <laughs> right? So, but it's 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 how they use it, the difference, you know, what, what they're using it to do that differentiates people, you know, businesses. So quick question now, do you think as, if, as, as it's coming into the trading the trading space and the analytics space um do you think that gives great advantages to people who are who adapt to it compared to the old school way of functioning oh, oh my god yes but again you know i think right I, there's nobody said hey you know what i'm not going to do electricity <laughs> <laughs> right nobody said that i'm not going to plug you know, everybody plugged into it because it's just such a massive um shift yeah right yeah um and, and i you know I, that's how i look at ai in the same way it's just such a massive shift all right so um that let, let, imagine 100 just like every company is an internet company right what company doesn't use the internet that is true let's switch to um alcohol anonymous and crypto monday <laughs> Um, I remember we had a, a conversation about this, but I would like you to introduce, because uh, I can't, is his name Marshall, who wrote the book? Um, you're talking about the the guy who started uh, Alcoholics Anonymous? Yes. Um, yeah, I forgot. I, I had watched, I, when we had that conversation, I just watched a documentary on him. Um, and it's his first name. I don't forget Mark W. I forget what it was, right? Everybody just uses their first name and, and last initial. Um, and it was a great documentary about, you know, be, yeah, right. Because Alcoholics Anonymous is, you know, I, it, as good an example of a massively impactful decentralized organization. Yeah. And how you did, how you parallel with Crypto Monday, because that, that's what I would like to talk about. How. Um, Crypto Mondays is based off of community and how the community provides. Um, and, right. and and your concept of like just bringing it together and, and your expectations of where, where you want it to go. Sure. So, right. The great thing about, you know, about decentralization, right, is, is people are empowered, right? You know, when, when things are truly decentralized. And, and I think one of the reasons why, you know, both Alcoholics Anonymous and Crypto Mondays have been successful because they are they are truly decentralized. So somebody you know uh, starts a Crypto Mondays, 
uh, uh, you know, in London, they actually just had their five-year birthday Shout out to uh, yesterday. <laughs> and, um, you know, they get to decide 100% of what they do, right? They're solving for them, right? And any rules that you would put into place about how they solve for them would diminish the likelihood <laughs> that they would be able to solve and, and have a successful Crypto Mondays. And, um, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous is, is, is the same way that they really, you know, they, they do have, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, I think, you know, a very, very, very basic set of rules at Alcoholics Anonymous, but, you know, it's largely, you know, you go run your own thing. And, you know, the, one of the challenges that, oh, Bill W, that was a guy's yes. name, Bill W, who started Alcoholics Anonymous, one of the you know, challenges that he faced uh, was, you know, people and chapters from all over the world, like writing him saying, hey, you know, this guy's not being nice to me, right? And having to deal, <laughs> you know, with, you know, people thinking that he was going to solve these problems, you know, uh, in, in these decentralized chapters, you know, a, around the world. And there's no panacea, right? I think that's something super important for people to realize. This isn't about, hey, this is, there's no community that's a utopia. Yeah. Right. But, you know, my view is, is what we're competing against. The bar is so low that, you know, we got to be able to do better, I think, for 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 most people. So how do you feel with um, um, the expansion of Crypto Mondays? I like I know this got to be a great feeling, just like it came from one bar and you just now uh I can't even say stay hopping because you country hopping, right? Yeah, no, look, I mean, I, I feel incredibly fortunate, right? The, the business model, I, you know, from the very beginning has always been uh, the more you give to the community, the more the community takes and multiplies it and gives it back. And, you know, you don't have to think about, okay, you know, I threw a Crypto Mondays today, yesterday, what, how am I better off today, right? It's, you know, it's karma. You know, in, in, in my view, what you put out there, you know, comes back multiplied. And, you know, that's certainly, I feel, how Crypto Mondays has, has treated me. The fact that I get to go around the world, I get to go to, I'm invited to Davos to do Crypto Mondays Davos because, you know, the guy running Davos knows that community is important and was told that, you know, Crypto Mondays is the best community in crypto. So, you know, we should have them, you know, do it here. Um, and it's not only me that's experienced, but what's great, right? You've experienced too, right? About what the community has given back to you. And, and you know, everyone who's run a, a successful Crypto Mondays has been overwhelmed by what the communities has given them. And that's, you know, that's a great gift that, um, that I've been able to let people have for themselves, right? You know, people come up and thank me. I, I really didn't do much, but start a meetup, right? 99.9% .9 of the success, are, you know, are the different people running it in the different cities. And it's been awesome to see what the community's given them back. That's so funny because um, I got a concept of like as speaking on stage i see so many different nationalities and so many different people which is one of the beautiful things that i believe about crypto because it brings all of us together and i had created a concept called united colors of crypto <laughs> and uh as soon as i get my first hoodie i'm gonna make sure i get you one little um but i've been calling the ucoc because it's it, <laughs> it's uh it's amazing how something like this brings us all together. We all come from different walks of the, of the world and it connects. Now, one of the quick questions saying that, 
Um, what are some of the most challenging things of building the community? Um, and uh, the greatest things about building a community and the challenge and the most challenging. Well, yeah, again, I think, you know, the, ch- you know, the, the challenging thing for the individual chapters, right. Is, is just figuring out, I think the biggest challenge most people have is just doing the first one. <laughs> um, uh, and so, you know, the, very significant majority of people who've done a first one have done a second one because they did the first one go oh my god that was great um you know and even if 10 people come you know to a crypto mondays that's still a great crypto mondays it's probably you know eight or ten great people um uh you know challenges uh when we started it we said you had to have four people to start it and at least one female because you know people come and go and, you know, so I thought, well, if you had four people, even if, you know, a couple people leave, you still have a couple people left. And so it'll continue on. And what we found very quickly was that almost all of the time that a Crypto Mondays is successful, it's because of one person. <laughs> so in other words, the other three people, I think we're just slowing down that one person. Um, so, you know, so we got rid of that. Um, you know, the, the truth is, you know, People come to a community for lots of different reasons, and but the main reason that people come to crypto communities is for money, right? Money, something. Oh, you know, crypto's going up and to the right. Oh my God, this is great. And um, you know, for me, I welcome anybody who's here to help the community for whatever reason they want to help the community. But you just have to realize that if people are helping the community for money while the money's good they're going to be very happy but at some point you know money's a pendulum it's easy then it's hard then it's easy then it's hard and with unpresent certainty you know that it's going to swing to hard and, and when it becomes hard the people who are there for the money are going to leave <laughs> and so we got up to 32 crypto mondays uh in 20 18 early 19 and then you know they started to fall off we got down to 12 active ones uh before then things started turning around and now we're at 50 and i think the biggest difference between the last crypto winter and this crypto winter is there were basically none of the successful ones stopped right they all continued going whereas last time people left crypto (laughs) yeah yeah Yes, yeah, so the retail buyers get scared. The China pump is real. <laughs> you know, the the macro financial trend of my lifetime has been indexing because people suck at investing, right? The, it's our natural tendency to want to buy. We're most excited by definition at the top. <laughs> um, you know, and so, you know, the, as you get higher and higher, more people get in. You know, till you're at the peak top and then it goes down and then at the bottom is when most of the people are getting out. Yeah. And so, you know, so that's why I say to other people, because a lot of people say, oh, I hate people who are here for the money. It's like, don't hate them. Ninety nine percent of those people are going to come and leave a lot of money <laughs> for us. We should welcome them with open arms. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, last question. Uh, which is going to be kind of a loaded question because we have not talked about crypto oracle at all. Um, uh, 
explain what crypto oracle is and uh, these uh weekly meetings uh, and the, just the what crypto sure. oracle is basically sure so the the genesis of of the collective is that uh last year at east denver now it's coming up on the one year anniversary uh, there's a side event called dow planet that i'm a part of and i've been to a, a similar event the, the prior year as well and um you know but the last year there were so many more people and you know and so many more projects it was so exciting but you know what i what i recognized was while there were tons of people who wanted to work in web3 and tons of projects wanted to hire them there was a massive disconnect that most of the projects wanted to pay in illiquid tokens or equity and most people had rent to pay and get hungry and so the idea of the collective was to be able to take in those illiquid tokens and equity and be able to mint liquid tokens that people could either hold on to and now instead of holding just one you know a token in one company which is really a lottery ticket now they have a token that represents a diversified portfolio of crypto assets and so for the vast majority of people that's going to work out much better um but more importantly if they want to they can get liquidity for it and actually pay their rent and and work in the industry and pay their rent and so we started in July with 24 web3 experts we now have 150 so i think we found you know really strong product market fit we have a token the token is trading um and you know what we have come to recognize in the you know now 9 uh, months is what we're really solving for is human coordination and how right we we enable our members to you know work on the projects they want to work on where they want to work when they want to work with who they want to work and you know to be able to kind of you know have the amount of time that they put in kind of wax and wane depending on you know the other things that they're doing and the other demands that they have and so to be able to allow all of that to happen while still delivering a a really high quality of service to the companies that we're advising is uh, is a challenge. But you know, we're solving it and and it's it's super 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 exciting. I think we've really found product market fit. Um we're a community and and I say that a community is uh I define a community as a entity where when it works everybody gets more out of it than they give and it's magical if you can create that. And the main thing the utility the the collective is providing its members today um we have uh uh you know more than 20 that are getting paid by the collective today for projects they're working on or or help they're providing the collective so the majority of the members today are just getting value from our monday wednesday friday calls where we get web3 experts from you know uh, around the world to come and educate us about you know what they're doing what they've learned and, um you know and it's really a great way to get uh you know a, an idea of what's going on in crypto and all kinds of different verticals around the world. I enjoy it and I appreciate it every week that I'm in these calls. Well, we're going to wrap up right now. Thank you Lou for uh pulling up uh giving us this great interview. <laughs> Yuri, you have anything else before we go? Uh thank you so much for your time. Uh just curious, what is one book you recommend to people to learn about crypto? the book for me um you know i i described my uh when i saw the crypto light on june 29th 2017 for 3 months i described it as like i'd had blinders on and like oh my god oh my god how did i not see all this that was going on 
And then after three months, like when I got my construct, you know, I published it, I realized, oh my God, what had happened was I'd had blinders on and they opened up just a little bit. <laughs> and it seemed like a lot because I was seeing so little. And uh, the book in the five and a half years that I've read that I really feel opened up and allowed me to see more than anything else is a book called Sacred Economics by Charles Eisenstadt. And it just really opened up my eyes a, about what money is and you know how we've organized our society um, around money and have you know while we live in a world of tremendous abundance we use money to create scarcity and and uh, really deprecate the lives of the vast majority of people on the planet and that doesn't have to be Wow, thank you. I will definitely take a look at that one. Um, I and and, and 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 uh, the Cello blockchain, celo.org, Cello blockchain was founded on the principles of sacred economics, and um, you know it's really about financial inclusion, regenerative finance, and making the world a better place. And outside of Ethereum, again, I go around the world to these ecosystem summits, and. Uh, so I could viscerally feel the community <laughs> and, uh, you know, ETH, the ETH community, that's the pantheon of crypto communities. Nobody's going to touch that, at least, you know, for the foreseeable future. But for my, in my experience after that community was the solo community because, you know, uh, making the world a better place is, you know, an aphrodisiac. <laughs> Social good. Definitely. Uh, thank you so much. All right. Thank yeah. you, Lou. Enjoy your day. Thanks, Abby. Thanks, Kurt. All right. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Lou Kerner, founder of Crypto Mondays and Crypto Oracle. We do this every week. Make sure you tune in. And if you're interested in sponsoring our show, make sure you hit me in the email, theablabdigital at gmail. That is theablabdigital at gmail. You can sponsor this show. You can come on as a guest. It is Beyond the Blockchain with Abby Harris Abtrax and Yuri. Peace.